Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. We have all known tender moments. We have all known moments when we were overcome by sadness. We have all known moments when we have been overcome by joy. We have all had moments of exaltation. We've all had <coughs> moments of depression. We have run the gamut of emotions in our existence. And if we think about it, and think about it sincerely, we're familiar with all of these different things. And we should also be aware of the fact that these different moments can be induced. And as an example of what I'm talking about, think about a movie that made you cry. That was induced emotion. But even though it was by way of a flickering image on a screen of light shining through film, it still produced in us the same kinds of things that would happen in moments that we would call more real. Now, are you any less real as to what's going on inside of you from an induced emotion by a movie or from an induced emotion by a funeral or from seeing a baby for the first time who happens to be your nephew or your grandson or your granddaughter or your son and daughter, all of these things do something to us. And what is it that they do to us? What's, what's the point of what's going on here? There is a story about the prophet, peace and blessings be upon him. Um, in his childhood, he was taken into the desert uh, to be suckled. It, it was the custom among the Arabs in Mecca that there would be a milk mother, a breastfeeding mother, 
that would come from the Bedouin and take the children out of the city. And the belief system was such that they believed that being raised in the desert was somehow healthier than being raised in the city. And that it led to a stronger child. So Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, was uh, taken into the desert by a lady who performed this function for him. And he was amidst a small family, and they called him their Qureshi brother, the other boys in the family, because he was Quraysh and from Mecca. And they knew that there was no blood connection there. And then one day, the little boys were all playing outside, away from uh, the little Bedouin community. And they saw two men come and take the, uh, the boy from Quraysh and cut his chest open. And take out his heart, do something to it, and put it back. And they reported this to their mother. And later on, it became reported that what essentially happened was that angels came. And there's a dark spot in everyone's heart. And the dark spot that was in Muhammad's heart, peace and blessings be upon him, was removed. And there are variations on this story. And people talk about different things happening and at different times, at different places, and at different ages. But the point remains the same, that a dark spot was removed. Now, what is the effect of this dark spot, why was it removed, and it can certainly be implied that if he had one, we have one. And for him to get to the place of prophethood, this was one of the things that happened to him. Well, what is this dark spot? And what does it do to us? And what do we have to know about it? And how do we need to react to it? I've come to see it and to question it and to understand it something like this. We have within us an enemy towards our own essential well-being. We have within us an enemy towards our ability to enter reality. We have within us an enemy that we have to become aware of and we have to encounter. We have to know 
that in the same way that we have a soul which is connected to the light, we have a dark spot that's connected to the darkness. And we have to know, therefore, that since we have a connection to the darkness, we have an affinity towards the darkness. And it's within this affinity towards the darkness that a lot of our struggle to create an affinity towards the light exists. A number of years ago, I was giving a talk to a group in Florida, and I was friendly with some of these people. And two days after the talk, a little boy who was 10 years old at the time, he's now going to art school in uh, New York, uh, gave me a little painting. And it was a picture of a heart, big heart, that he painted red. And off to the side was an angel with wings and a halo, carrying a giant pencil with an eraser. And inside the heart was a little gun in black, and he had labeled it gun. And the angel was erasing the gun in the heart. Wow! Uh, I asked him what it meant, and he told me he wasn't sure. And then I gave a talk on his little painting. We have a gun in our heart, and we have to erase it. We have to somehow be able to take ourselves to a place where that gun, that dark spot, has no effect on us. And when we get soft, when we are overwhelmed and are brought to the state of softness, we are beyond the influence of that point. Bauer referred to this as the state of the melted heart. The state where we can no longer hold on to any of the things in the world that we react to. If you can't hold on, then you don't need to react. If you're not holding on, then you don't need to react. But when you hold on and it becomes important, then the reaction comes. And it's only a matter of time and a matter of circumstance, and a matter of degree, before the gun comes out. And the question is, how restrained are we? And how much capacity do we have for restraint so that the gun doesn't come out? So that we are within that melted state and within that state that doesn't require reaction. Just as 
the movies can induce emotions, emotional states within us. We have to know ourselves well enough to be able to induce or reinduce states in ourselves. When we are not happy, when we are upset, we have to be powerful enough through prayer, through surrender, through belief systems, to be able to induce a new state in ourselves. We cannot just let ourselves be when we go off. We cannot just leave ourselves alone and indulge in the torpor of hatred, in the torpor of resentment, in the torpor of self-pity. We can't allow ourselves to do that because that's not allowing the light in and celebrating the darkness within us. So we need to affect methodologies that bring us into that positive state. But to do all these things, we have to become very, very aware of ourselves, who we are at the moment, why we are at the moment, and how to alter that moment. Now, a lot of this has to do with our state of mind and our belief system that's connected to our state of mind. To alter our state of mind, we have to enter a state of heart. And let that state of heart overwhelm the state of mind. Because the mind is not going to cure itself. The mind is connected to that dark spot. Because that dark spot is connected to the maya or the illusion that came with birth. So we have to be able to interact with ourselves in a new way. And this new way of interaction has to do with prayer and has to do with surrender. Islam means surrender. And if we truly understood what surrender meant and knew what it was we were supposed to surrender, then all of the difficulties that we encounter would have been left behind a long time ago. These difficulties aren't left behind because we don't understand surrender and we don't know how to surrender and very often we are addicted to our torpors and we don't want to let them go because we've found some comfort there. And the mind is always looking for a certain kind of comfort and it finds its comfort in torpor. And that leads to drug addiction, it leads to alcohol addiction, it leads to all the addictions that put you in a state, state of torpor. 
we, we, we've now called alcohol addiction self-medication. But that's such a lie. It should be called self-induced torpor. And torpor has become an accepted form of medication for the difficulty of living this life. Instead of facing what comes before us and handling it in a way that we counteract it by inducing in ourselves higher states of understanding, we just blank ourselves out and remove ourselves from any real existence. We have to overcome this, and we have to know the way to overcome it. Now, prayer is one of the ways to overcome it. And in Islam, prayer is five times a day. So that in staggered intervals during the day, we commit ourselves to overcoming the torpor of existence. We commit ourselves to overcoming the black spot within us. We commit ourselves to setting ourselves forward in a specific way to break connections to the hypnotisms and the magnetisms of illusion. But, if prayer is formulatic, and I'm not sure that's a word, but if it is without love, if it is without real understanding of what's being accomplished, then nothing's being accomplished except a quick repetition of things. Now, a quick repetition of things is better than nothing at all because just the act of removing yourself consistently from the torpor of the world and taking a break is going to have some effect. But that effect will grow and grow and grow as we understand, surrender more and more and more. And as we begin to understand that we can induce exalted states through prayer and through disconnection to that which is of the world, through an active attempt to disassociate ourselves from our personalities, to disassociate ourselves from all of the things that bring us difficulties, to disassociate ourselves from worry. What, in fact, is worry? It is considering what's going to happen in the future and somehow coming to the position that what's going to happen in the future is not going to be good for us and feeling that unpleasantness now. So we're inducing a state that of anxiety for ourselves because of the way we think about what's going to happen later. And the truth is, what do we know about what's going to happen later? And who gives us the arrogance 
to determine that Allah doesn't have wonderful things in store for us because Allah has promised us mercy. He's promised us love. He's promised us kindness. So we need to introduce a belief system into our being that's positive. We need to induce a belief system into our being that holds out the best for ourselves and for everybody else. You can't hold out the best for yourself and not for everybody else and expect it to work for you. Because unless that attitude is pervasive, it's got black spots in it. Unless that attitude is pervasive, it's not pure. And it's when that attitude becomes pure that it overtakes us and brings us to the appropriate places that we're supposed to go. So we pray to God. We say, Allah, allow us to understand your kindness and allow us to bring that kindness into our being. Allow us to understand your love and allow us to bring that love into our being. Allow us to understand your non-affiliation with that which with that which is dark and allow us to understand that non-affiliation and to break away from all the torporous hypnotisms and magnetisms within this world. Free us of the torpors that bind us. Free us of the chains that keep us attached to that which is illusory. Allow us to surrender. Allow us to be free by being chained to you. Amin, amin. Ya Rabbil Alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.